Okay, hello everyone. This is Ronnie from the Love Fruit Podcast and the UK Fruit Fest. And we are here with another special guest, good friend of mine, someone that I've spent a lot of time with. Really uh, enjoy his company, enjoy his thoughts about the fruitarian or fruit-based lifestyle and the raw food lifestyle. And yeah, I've been lucky enough to spend some time with him, uh, even stayed at his home with him. And we've had a few adventures together. Yeah, how about that? I'm wearing the shirt. <laughs> over over at the, the Ohio Pawpaw Fest. And of course, yeah. I'm talking about none other than the world's strongest fruitarian, Mike. Here's the pop here's the by the way. Some people don't, if they don't know what that yeah. is. So those yeah. who are listening, you can't see it, but you can watch the YouTube video or you can just Google Pawpaws. And yeah. Mike's here's open. what it looks like inside. Tastes like banana pudding. Fantastic. So, Mike, um, yeah. is there anything else you want to say about yourself before we get going with this? Jeez, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk all about that in this, this interview. But, uh, uh, well, Mom, we'll just get through the yeah, the yeah. question and they... Well, well, just to give a little bit of background to some other people, Mike, is, uh, I've been on a, a raw vegan fruit-based diet for... Uh, I think over 10 years now, as far as I'm 2008, aware. January, 2008, I started. And you started basically lifting weights during that time. And yeah. you are at an elite level of yes. lifting for your, uh, in terms of in proportion to your size and weight. Yes. Everything. And that's yeah. how weightlifting is uh, kind of measured. So that's, that's just for, for everyone listening. That's, um, we're going to be talking a little bit about that later on. But Mike, before that, I want to know, yeah. how did you transition towards this lifestyle? Why did you start taking steps away from a conventional diet? I'm assuming yeah. you were brought up in a conventional diet. How did you end up towards a raw vegan style diet? Yeah. Well, you know, I started, you know, <clears throat> you know, back in the day, I, you know, I ate like a standard American diet, like, pretty much everybody else. And when I was about 16 years old, that's when the internet just came about. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things I looked up was the benefits of milk. <laughs> and I found this website called notmilk.com. And it was just the complete opposite of what I've been learning, you know, what everybody <laughs> was saying. It was just like, you know, milk is not good for the bones. It causes, um, you know, sinus problems. It causes iron deficiency. It gives you bleeding of the gut. It can um, cause uh, type one diabetes with yeah. babies. It can. It's got. It's got opiates in it. it the casein is linked to cancer, and uh, and it doesn't really give you that strong of uh, muscles too. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's one of the things. Yeah. And ironically, you know, I was working at a Kmart. One of my first jobs was working at a Kmart stocking milk on a, you know, in, in the dairy cooler there. And um, I was actually proud, you know, to put that on the shelf. And, you know, and I didn't like how, I didn't like the idea of, um, you know, drink, drinking. I mean, I didn't like the idea where it came from. But I was like, this is good stuff for you. And it's just one of those things you just got to kind of mentally block out while you're drinking this stuff. So, yeah, I stopped drinking milk and everybody around me was like, you know, you're, you just believe whatever, what you read, and, you know. 
So yeah, I stopped drinking milk for about, uh, one of the things he recommends on that website is to stop drinking milk for two weeks and then have a couple big glasses and see how you feel. I had a really sharp twisting stomach ache, which I think is lactose intolerance. And after that, oh, another thing that proved when I stopped drinking milk was that I used to have these really bad migraines and I thought everybody had these headaches. Yeah. It would be so paralyzing that I would have to turn off the lights and be in my room because any kind of lights or any kind of movement, it would just paralyze me. And I used to have uh, asthma too, exercise-induced asthma. And I really think it stemmed from drinking too much milk, or drinking milk. And then uh, in my early 20s, I watched a documentary called Meet Your Meat. I, took, I was in a philosophy and an ethics class at the time, and I was mm -hmm. you know, questioning my mor morality with different things. And yeah, it's, uh, the documentary is called Meet Your Meat. It was hosted by Al Baldwin, talking about the inside of a slaughterhouse and how they, you know, these people cut cow necks all day long. And I just felt so sick to my stomach. Not only that I didn't like what they're doing to the animals, but I could not think of doing that for eight hours at a day, you know, cutting mm -hmm. cow necks. Yeah. And they have the highest rates of um, injuries out of all the work. Uh, working yeah. all the jobs out there um, and it just looked disgusting and I was like you know if I I gotta fire, figure out a way to get out of this and I got into you know I was like oh the main thing with like back in the day I would eat a lot of so I said you know I was like well I just need to switch out the meat with all this mock meat stuff and I was eating high protein everything tofu tofu I used to buy 30 pounds of tofu I used to go to this oriental market because it was kind of hard to find it at the time. Buy like, take a big cart. I had tofu parties at my house. And yeah. So I was big into the tofu and everything like that. And then I really wanted to eat more healthier. So I started eating more whole grains. And this is, this comes to be one of the big problems that I had with eating more starch based diet was that I was eating all these whole grains like Ezekiel bread and um, brown rice, whole grain bread and cereals. There's a cereal called Kashi cereal. And I would eat a ton of this because it's high protein and high fiber. And I thought it was the greatest thing on earth. And after, you know, so many months of eating this thing, uh, eating the cereal and these breads, I would go to the bathroom and I would have blood in my stool. Mm. And, you know, and it was like so bad, you know, it hurts. And, um, you know, and then it would start, you know, the stuff would leak out and, you know, I would ruin my pants. I would have like, felt like I was on my period or something. So I go to the doctor, he looks up my, you know, that was a really awkward, uh, you know, doctor visit. He's like, okay, drop your pants and we're gonna look inside, see what's going on. So he spread my butt and he's like, well, you got some like internal hemorrhoids or whatever. And what you need to do is stay away from bananas, drink water, you need more fiber. So I went back home and I started eating more of this Kashi cereal, tons of it. <laughs> and then at the, the same time, and then after a while, um, well, after a while, I kind of gave up and I just started eating refined grains, like white rice, white bread, yeah. everything. And it got better, but not totally better. Then another thing I was having problems with, I had uh, previously, I had like a whole bunch of different, I had a bunch of surgeries where they went up my nose and cauterized a whole bunch of pops in my nose because I kept on getting sinus infections. So the last time I'm like, you know, nothing happened. 
you know, I still have a lot of pain in my sinuses. And they're like, well, you can sign up for another surgery. We don't know what's going on in your nose. It looks a little inflamed. And we'll just, uh, we'll just do another surgery for you. I was like, this is getting nuts. And I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to do a raw diet. I always thought that was like the biggest stepping stone yeah. to get better with diets. And so, you know, I would go to the, the, the you know, the, the bookstore and it's all these dehydrator, you know, recipe books and stuff, you know, you got to dehydrate this bread, you know, this uh, nut loaf bread thing for yeah, like yeah. 12 hours and then put some avocado on it and put some lettuce and we got a sandwich. This is like, I was like so dedicated. I'm like, I'm going to do that for every one of my meals. I don't care. And then I read an article on vegsource.com talking about Doug Grant in the 80-10-10 diet. It just recently just came out and talking about how this guy's eating mostly fruit diet. And it's the same ratio as the starch-based diet, the 80-10-10 uh, ratio that, you know, all these famous uh, low-fat dieters, uh, diet gurus use. And I was like really impressed by that. And I was like, you know what, I'll buy it. I bet you, you know, he probably sells protein powder or something in the back of the book, but I'll buy it. You know, I almost bought it as like a kind of, um, you know, kind of like a joke almost in a way. Yeah. I like just like a random novel to purchase. And I read it with, I was, I was so, I was already trying to eat more fruit, like in the morning, eat more bananas and stuff. But when I got that book and I was reading it, I was just so like, just so blown away. I was like, what do you mean? You're just eating fruit mostly? And I love fruit. I love fruit. I've always loved fruit and I love sweets. So I was like, I was like, I mean, you know, it just gave me the total green light to eat fruit. And I did it for 30 days, uh, 30 days. And I was like, this is, this is the greatest thing ever. And I just uh, stuck with it. I mean, I went off a little bit, but you know, I stuck with it. It's been over, it's been close to 12 years now. Mm. So, and um, yeah, so the thing with the, the bloody bowel movements and stuff that went away. And then after a couple months, I ate a Kashi bar. Like I had this leftover Kashi snack bar. I ate, you know, just one bar and all of a sudden, you know, I go to the bathroom the next day and I have a bloody stool. Oh my God. So the, 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 the fiber in some of these whole grains can be really scratchy and it's not just whole grains, but like uh, pomegranate seeds, I have a little issue with, it can be so sharp, especially if they cook it and it's like, you know, sharp, uh, it can really cauterize your insides. Wow. Wow. And like fruit, it's soft and, you know, most fruits are just, nice and fluffy and soft and they hold a lot of water. They got soluble fiber instead of insoluble fiber. Um, so that makes a big difference. So how was your transition to a raw diet? Was Did you find it easy? Did you have to, you found the 801010? Were you following some of the forums? Were you watching information online? Like how were you getting that inspiration to keep doing it? Yeah, um, you know, there was a, uh, you know, there's Harley that was online. There's Michael Arnstein. After a year, I, you know, after doing a year of doing it, I, I saw he was making videos and he said, yeah, man, I've been doing this and I've been, you know, doing all these crazy running races. And I was like, I, I felt so compelled. I'm like, so I wrote him like, my name's Mike too. And I've been actually weightlifting on this diet. And yeah, that was one of the biggest fears for me. Well, we'll 
yeah, one of the biggest fears with me for uh, getting to weight lift, um, that this diet wouldn't provide enough protein. So what I would do to just to make myself feel comfortable that I'm doing the right thing, that's when I started doing all these little fitness feats. Just I just started doing 100 push-ups. I, I could only do 50. I was like, if I get to 100, that would really prove it to me. Yeah. I did that within like a couple, like not even like two months or something. It was incredible. Just twice a week, three, three sets, as many as I can, and boom. I got up to 100 and then I got to 150 and then I was doing sets of 100 to 500. And I was like, I got to do something more. This is, this is crazy. And um, yeah, then, yeah, there's Harley, DeGram. I mean, there's another guy called Richard, ha- uh, Richard Blackman, which yeah. has changed the name to Jericho Sunfire. And he used to have these videos and I used to get really pumped up and you do all these fitness feats, like one-handed push-ups and stuff. And he had a, fitness thing in, in Texas that I wanted to go to eventually. And, but then that guy started going, yeah, I'm a liquidarian. And he went to a breatharian. Yeah. So like my, uh, my hero went down the drain, but I was like, I'm the real deal. I'm the real deal. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not crazy. Oh God. And you ended so, up, yeah, that was, yeah. So but you ended up at the, the Woodstock festival and now you're kind of a big part of that festival as well. So how did that, all that happen? Well, Mike Garnstein, he actually, I went to the first uh, Woodstock Food Festival and, you know, they didn't really know me that much. And I was uh, showing, I, the first time I met Arnstein in person, I'm like, hey, check out these videos of me lifting these weights. And, and then he came to Chicago with uh, Vicky Arnstein and they ran a marathon, the Chicago Marathon. And I'm like, hey, man, I really want to hang out. And I took him to the Stanley's Fruit Market in Chicago, one of the best fruit markets. And uh, yeah, we hung out and he's like, you know what? You've got to do a presentation, man. you got to give a presentation at a Woodstock. You know, nobody else is doing this. And I was so pumped up uh, for it. And yeah, that's how I got started with that. And I, I kind of knew in my head, if I can do this on this kind of diet, that this would be like the most groundbreaking thing in the world, yeah, at yeah. least for me. Because I would look, I would seriously type in fruit and strength on YouTube, I would look. I would look for fruitarian strength, all that kind of stuff. It was actually going to be called fruitarian strength yeah. instead of fruit and strength. But fruit and strength, it sounds. I don't know. It sounds so much. I don't know. It sounds yeah. Cool. So yeah. So you're talking about your YouTube channel, Fruit and Strength, and you've got a yeah. whole bunch of videos on there. And um, let's talk about that a little bit. So uh, let's talk about your progress, weightlifting. Tell us some of the numbers, your records, and what it really means like in, in comparison to other lifters and stuff? Can you give us a bit of information about that? Yeah, I'll, I'll go over, you know, how I came to, to do some of these things. So, yeah, back in the day, like, I didn't have a gym or anything. So that's when I started doing the push-ups. Like I said, I got to 150 in a row. And then later on, I actually got to 100 one-handed push-ups, alternating hands. So I have a video on that. And, uh, yeah, that was incredibly hard, but I did it. Um, and then, so I started doing, I was running, doing some running. And then, you know, I got up to 18 miles. I've never done that before. And I started doing bench press. And I was looking at the numbers. I'm like, what's, what would be considered a really good bench press and double the body weight for bench press. So I did that in multiple um, weight, at, at different weights, like 140, I did 280. And then... I think uh, 145, 
I got up to like 290 and then um, 150 is doing three, 300. So um, that's what I got with that. Just to give you an idea and how significant that is, they say only one, <clears throat> one per, like, I think it's like 1% of the weightlifting population will ever get there. Wow. So, and that's just the weightlifting population. So out of the whole world, the yeah. whole world, I am stronger than 99.9999999% of the world. On a fruit diet. On a fruit diet. On a low protein fruit diet, getting less, you know, getting about 50 grams or less a day. Yeah. So what is the conventional kind of wisdom when it comes to strength and diet? Like what do people tell you and what do you read out there when you've, and you're learning about lifting. Yeah, people, I mean, the first thing that you you always hear, you know, you got to up the protein. You got to up the protein and you got to get more calories. I can understand the calorie part because that means that means a lot. Um, but there's a lot of things that are missing in that in that um, recommendation. So, I mean, you, when you eat fruit, you're just not eating, you know, carbohydrates with a little bit of protein there's other things in fruits yeah it helps you adapt to a lower protein diet i guess you know but yeah so that's a general thing you eat you know people say you know i ate a very high protein diet prior so you know i have i i have some experience with both and i actually tried adding in uh, like a pound of beans to the diet just to see what would happen for like a month or so, yeah, and I didn't notice any difference yeah. at all. Um, you've going done, super high beans. You've done a lot of experiments like that over the years, yeah, yeah. Trying, trying to see if there's anything that makes a difference. And yeah. um, I think you've made experiments with supplements and green powders and yeah, you know, creatine. I tried. I tried creatine. Right. Um, you've tried these, and you've not really seen anything have a difference. No, which is which is really a shame because, you know, I, I had spent like a hundred bucks on these things and I, you know, these adaptogenic herbs, yeah, nothing, nothing worked. And I was yeah. just, I was shocked. I was like, I can't believe, um, you know, I had spent all this money. Well, I, I can believe it. And maybe there is some science to it, but I didn't see any, any difference yeah. with any of this stuff. Um, yeah. I tried all these interesting little supplements and, you know, quinoa supposedly can increase your strength and everything. And I just did not find a difference. And I, I was, I wish there was, I wish there was some kind of magical bullet I could, I could do. It's some kind of, and same thing with fruits. I have not found, besides just getting enough calories, Yeah. really something just so magical that it really stands out. So what are the things, what are the, what are the things that are important for you to perform at your best when it comes to lifting? I would say just, well, geez, I would say the number one thing that will take you out faster than anything out, anything else out there, if you do not get enough of, is sleep. Right. Sleep. If I miss just like an, you know, an hour or two of uh, a sleep a night, yeah, that can be so detrimental uh, to my lifting. I my reps and sets will go. I mean, my my number of reps that I can do will go down by half. Right. And it's such a dramatic uh, change. Um, and I would say emotional, emotional, um, and, you know, good, having a good emotional state can help 
because you know if you don't if you don't take care of uh, I would say yeah, it's a little bit of self love if you don't take care of yourself then you're not going to want to do anything else you're not going to you know brush your teeth or anything like that you're going to you know stuff like that uh you're not going to eat you're not going to do yeah, anything yeah. you have to have a good mental state if you want to lift better you know so i think those two things actually probably go over you know have more significant impact on your on your strength than um you know eating a, a good diet per se i mean long term you know you're gonna have like um you know, you're going to have heart disease and things like that, but it's slow to get you. And I'm sure I could pound back a thing of uh, coconut oil and smoke some cigarettes and I could still bench a lot of weight. You know? <laughs> but if I do that, you know, uh, long enough, I'm sure that I'm going to have some problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people might think that with all this lifting, you might have a you know, special way of doing this diet or you might eat more than a lot of people. What, what would you say is your typical day? in terms of how you eat on a typical day? Yeah, it's just uh, basically, I just have two fruit meals, generally, one or two fruit meals during the day, and then a little bit more fruit and a big salad at night. And um, so... How big are your fruit meals? I would say, you know, I generally try to get about, well, I wouldn't say try, but I just naturally seems to be about 2,500 calories. So, right, right, right. like to give you an example, I might you know have a half a watermelon, maybe a little bit more. Uh, might be like uh, eight to ten bananas. Uh -huh. Might be um, you know a couple papaya with um, some blueberries and bananas mixed up and things like that. And um, yeah, so I just make sure I just get enough calories in. Uh, you know, even if you eat a little bit less calories, you know, I've still been able to make gains off of so oh, wow. I know people like this uh, whole idea that you got to pound back calories you got to get like like I tried eating 4,000 calories at one time four yeah. or 5,000 calories and the only thing I felt with that was I felt sluggish and actually I think my lips actually kind of suffered from that yeah yeah um, so I mean there, there's a point where you know too many calories is going to cause problems sure so I would say that there's a lot of guys that come to this lifestyle that I, I've seen, you know, over the last year or so, I've seen people who have went away from a vegan diet, away from a raw vegan diet. Yeah. And I think especially for guys, yeah, they have a fear of like they're losing too much weight sometimes. Right. And they're worried about performance. They're worried about things relating to masculinity like strength, like performance, hormones. Yeah. And I think it makes some guys want to go back and experiment with meat or, yeah. or with cooked food or whatever. I've seen that a little bit. And, but um, it seemed, what would you say to all them that are, you know, that are doing that or people that are guys that are worried about? Uh, well, I mean, I guess diet? I think the main thing is that you know, they're, uh, they're scared and I don't blame them. Yeah. They're scared. And you know, it is a, you know, I, people are like, it's a controversial diet. That's when I do all these, uh, I get my blood tests. I do all these, everything I can to test this diet out to make sure it's doing, you know, I'm doing the right thing. So that's when I do all these fitness things. So if they don't have that in play, 
and you look at all these like you know people come to this diet because they think it's like some anorexic sweat dreaming just keep on losing weight despite eating so much and that's not the case yeah uh, you know people come to it because they think they're gonna lose weight on it tim sheaf was actually oh he's like i mean he's telling arnstein he's like he wants to go start running and then he was like well i, I need to lose a couple more pounds man i should just eat a fruit a, you know a fruit-based diet to lose some weight so he actually looked at it as a weight loss diet and that's a terrible way to look at it and, and another was, thing yeah and we, we were talking about the fact that this not just tim but a few people of uh, the raw bras as well that they were talking about oh, yeah they had fish oh, yeah. and they had boners the next day yeah those <laughs> those, those, those guys crack oh i remember at, at the first woodstock they're going yeah yeah man uh we ate these, you know, they did the, there was like a, um, a panel discussion with Doug Graham, Tim Van Orden, and uh, Durham Ryder. And they, they have, they raise their hand. They're like, yeah, yeah, we couldn't get boners on the diet. And we had, and then we had like a piece of fish and then, and then, I get, and then they had like a morning erection. I was like, I'm like, I talked to him after. I'm like, you guys got to be, are, are you guys joking? Like, you can't <laughs> be serious. I mean, like, I, I've fasted. And I still got, you know, I still got a boner. I'm like, what? What's wrong with you people? Like, <laughs> like I can understand maybe it's, you know, with a lot of these aphrodisiacs, it's basically a big placebo. And they're like, yeah, go eat this, uh, yeah, this, um, this uh, frog, you know, whatever frog juice. Now give you some, uh, yeah. some uh, boosting your testosterone. Basically, I think the adrenaline gets up, and then they have this self belief it's going to happen. It's going to do something with that. So they believe in this stuff and then it happens and they, oh, this is yeah. it. Oh, oh, you know, that diet. And a lot of them are under eating. I mean, like those raw bras, uh, one of them was training to be a Olympic athlete, like a, a swimmer, you know, trying to do Michael Phelps stuff, stuff. you know, eating like, um, you know, he should be eating like 10,000 calories like he does. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I would say an imposter just not, not eating enough. Yeah. It sounds so, I mean, it's been pounded into the community. Yeah. It's like, eat, 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 eat. Yeah, like, yeah, don't yeah. be an anorexic. God damn it. It's like, <laughs> it's like eat, you know? I mean, but then people, you know, that's what the big thing is with this diet. You know, they think this is some kind of weight loss diet. I hate that. I, I hate that. I mean, I consider it a, a health diet. Um, it's not necessarily a weight loss diet in my opinion um and even andrew perlock got fat on it so if you're if you're <laughs> anorexic and you're trying to lose weight go go do the paleo diet or something else i mean like i don't know what to say those people yeah yeah i mean you you've you're obviously passionate about it you've seen a lot of stuff i mean yeah. i guess what i find interesting is when i first came into this lifestyle i came across I went to Woodstock, I came across guys like you, and it was a lot about fitness, it was a lot about health, it was a lot about, um, you know, getting fitter, getting stronger, using this lifestyle to get more energy, and eating enough, as you're saying, and now it feels like the influence is way more towards Robert Morse, and detox, and yeah. fasting, and eating just just drinking juice or just eating yeah. one yeah. type of fruit for like months or whatever and i just and I'll, I'll tell you why it's because 
there isn't anybody really out there really pushing it, really making a big dent out there. And then you got these people like Robert Morris, um, just, you know, snagging people's money with these herbs and everything. And then somehow like fruit gets tied into all these crazy things like drinking piss. And, you know, they're like, you know, I, I guess you eat fruit for so many months and you're like, Oh, everything in my life is wrong. And I could just, I could drink, I could live on piss too. I could, I could live on piss, you know, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, like I understand, like it's a big mental shift. You're like, God, everything I learned was wrong Yeah, yeah. You know, in the standard dietary world. And now I have to question everything. So I don't blame like Tim Chief and stuff, but man, uh, come back, man. I'll, I'll throw you, um, what do they call those things where you throw them out to them? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out in the sea to come back. Yeah, no, we don't yeah, back yeah. in, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're actually really cool, but stop it, man. Stop it. You're, you're going crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because it seems like it's so simple for some people and other people make it really difficult for themselves. Um, let me ask you about supplementation. Are you someone that do you do any particular supplement regime? Do you think it's a necessary part of the lifestyle? Uh, the only main supplement that I take, I mean, the only supplement I really take, the other thing is not really a supplement, but I'll tell you anyways. Um, I do take B12. I take, it's like 100, it's like 100 of a gram, mm. very small. And I don't take it every single day. Um, very small amount, just because it seems like people, you know, and I, I know there's some controversial controversy with that um they say b12 is everywhere and you can get it in your nose from breathing it's a bacteria it's made it's a it's a waste byproduct of bacteria and bacteria is really small so you imagine the stuff would kind of float in the air and get in your nostrils and you get b12 and things like that but you know there's been people who have gotten b12 deficiency and i didn't take the, the b12 for like i don't know five or seven years indirectly you know, as a vegan, I've been vegan for close to 18 years now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't even think about it back in the day. So I'm sure it was kind of fortified and stuff. But when I went on the side, I didn't fortify anything. I wish I knew my numbers beforehand. And then yeah. After. So, but I just take it as a precaution because I've heard people that never take it and they're fine. Um, but it's just, it's, it could be really detrimental. It could cause brain damage, cause tingling of the extremities. It can do a lot of damage if you don't get that. So, yeah. uh, I mean, you could get it from like maybe dirt and poop and, you know, uh, you know, when fish has been pooping in water and stuff, you get that back to that bacteria in you. Um, but the, other than that, like I don't take vitamin D. I get that from sunlight and I go tanning in the wintertime. I, um, I tried, I tried taking zinc. I didn't feel anything different with that. It actually made me feel really nauseous. Basically, with minerals, your body can adapt to mineral, uh, different mineral intakes. We know this with calcium. We know this with zinc and salt. All those, if you do it for a certain take, it can take up to six months for your body to adapt to different levels. Right. So, and then if, you go, if you go from super high to low and a loop, uh, low to high real quick, you might cause some issues, but if you're steady with it, I don't think you should have an issue with it. Um, but, uh, and then another thing I do take 
is like a tablespoon of nutritional yeast. Uh, there was a study on athletes and how it can help the immune system prevent colds. And for like five years taking this stuff, I have not had a cold. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been incredible. Um, I, had, I did move to a different place because um, the place I was living had some cat dander and things like that. And I'm allergic to cats. And maybe that had something to do with getting a cold every once in a while. But uh, yeah, I haven't had a cold in like five or six years. It's been incredible. Like I don't, I don't get sick. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah. So, um, are are you any other kind of things? Uh, do you feel like you need to use any of the green powders or any of that stuff? Any the, the green powders? Like I tried a bag of it. I tried a bag of um, like, like, what do you call it? Barley grass and stuff. Yeah. And like. I don't know. I, I like the, um, there's one that like Don Bennett uses and that one kind of tastes kind of good. It's got the salty taste to it. But I got this other one and I don't know. I tried it out for, for a month or so and I didn't feel anything different with it. And uh, yeah, the thing is with greens too, and I did a big green experiment eating a whole bunch of greens and I didn't feel anything different adding more greens and to my diet. And by the way, my bone density is extremely high. Really? got a DEXA scan and it's like super high. So, and that's, that's not going crazy with the greens either. I mean, like oh. I have a big salad at night, but yeah, other than that. I mean, that'll be part of to do with your weightlifting, right? The, your strong bones. The what? Your strong bones. Yes. Yes. That was probably, you know, from the weightlifting for sure. Um, I guess they, I, I think the Scandinavians, uh, like supposedly they have the strongest bones in the world or something. So right. I didn't beat them, but I'm up there. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I feel like so insured that I'm doing the right thing because there's actually a study on vegans showing that we have um, less bone density, but that's not the case with me. Definitely not the case. I think, and I think it's because the uh, people under eat, they, this, they just don't work out. They're just... You know, well, yeah, a bunch of reasons. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was, uh, I mean, obviously there's a the whole whole number number of reasons that that might be, but um, so we talked about compared to like some, you know, uh, people who are obese, they're gonna have more bone density, I would imagine, because they're they're carrying a lot. Yeah, of pain. right. I mean, one thing I like about you is you've always got some kind of new research you're looking into. You're not just kind of listening to all the standard information, but you're looking into different research and different stuff. Yeah, I'm always... I'm Tell always us some of the stuff you've come across. Yeah. Ah, uh, like, um, yeah, I'll just tell you, like, an, an, an average one, like with caffeine. There's actually, like, a whole bunch of studies on caffeine and bench press. Right. Some studies showed that it actually increased bench press. Some studies that it actually showed that it didn't do anything. Yeah. So I was curious with it. And after like seven years of not doing any caffeine, I had a bunch of cacao powder that my friend gave me. And I didn't feel anything different with it. When I had a whole bunch of cacao, I had like a half a cup or something, you know, smoothie or banana smoothie. And I was like, oh, well, I'll try caffeine tabs. Just to see, you know, maybe I know it's probably not the good for you, but I wanted to get my bench press up. So I tried them and like, I didn't find anything different. It was weird because back in the day, caffeine used to make me go crazy, but maybe I'm getting older 
with the caffeine, it didn't affect me as much. They say eating uh, citrus actually helps metabolize caffeine. Yeah. Faster. So there could be a lot of different things with that. Um, uh, and it also showed that, you know, uh, it makes bees live longer when they have caffeine. So it's, it's an interesting thing with caffeine, but I don't, I don't take it anymore. It's just, uh, uh, maybe in some tea or something once in a while. But what do you think about the levels of fat in the diet? Do you do you stay pretty low fat or have you? Yeah, I say I, I say low fat about fifteen percent or less. Um, I try to keep it. You know, I try to eat the fat. You know, like any kind of well, all all fruits have a little bit of fat. I mean, watermelon has a little bit of fat. In it. Yeah, bananas have a little bit of fat. Every every gram every banana has about one gram of fat, depending on the the size of the banana. Uh, but, you know, even if you don't eat any concentrated fats like nuts, seeds, and avocados and uh, coconuts, you're still going to get a little bit of fat in your diet. Yeah. But I do eat a little bit of nuts and seeds, blend, you know, blend it up with my salad dressing because it just tastes awesome. And it kind of fills me up with the salad a little bit more. And, um, yeah, so I don't – and I <clears> – <throat> uh, if I have too much fat, and especially any kind of oil – any kind of oil, it like makes my skin greasy and I get acne. Um, and it makes you gain weight. So, I mean, I've, I've gained, I remember I was eating, a, I had some, um, you know, some food that had some, uh, you know, you know, some oil in it and stuff and I was gaining weight from it. So, yeah, it's just, it's not good to stay with it. Uh, and I don't think you really need to get any of these DHA or anything like that. If you're eating lots of fruit, you're going to have a good ratio between yeah. three and six, unless you really binge on the avocados or uh, the nuts and seeds. Um, most fruits are about a one-to-one -one ratio. So, but I try to keep those low, you know, about like a couple ounces a day. Awesome, man. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we've covered a lot of the basic stuff on on the yeah, let me fill in one more thing about that fat thing. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, you know, if I eat more fat, I'm going to have, you know, better erections or whatever, whatever people say out there. <laughs> I mean, I've done an experiment where I did three months of no, no fats. I'm sure you can contest to this too. I don't, I don't notice any difference at all. I, I think these people are either they're over exercising or they have a severe um, severe anxiety, and anxiety will kill your libido. You know, that's the number one killer, stress. So, you know, if they're worried about their diet, and, you know, they're, you know, diet is the first thing that you worry about before sex or anything like that. So if you're worried about <laughs> a basic need, you're not going to want to do anything else, you know. Yeah. So, and plus, like I said, you know, people, you know, they come into it, they're, they're scared. Uh, I don't, I don't blame them. They just have to kind of do their own, do their own experiments and see that, you know, but yeah, I've actually broken records on this diet. So <laughs> I'm not, I won't get into that in details. You have to talk to me at the Woodside Fruit Festival and uh, yeah, you know, but... I'll give you some <laughs> uh, details. I told the Rob across that too. I'm like, you, I'm like, dude, I, I broke records on this diet. I'm like, that's <laughs> And they're like, I'm like, I, I'm like, I, I'm like, I can't stop laughing at you guys. I'm like, they're like, why? They're like shocked. I'm like, I'm like, seriously? Oh, and testosterone. 
it yeah, fluctuates. It, it fluctuates. I mean, there's so many things that affect testosterone. Like, if your favorite team lost, your testosterone goes down. If you watch porn, your testosterone goes up. If you, you know, if you, you know, didn't sleep that good one night, it will go down. So there's all these factors that they're that not dietary related with that. Um, you know, it could be all just in people's minds. What you think too, that could have a profound impact on your testosterone levels. So, okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it basically what you're saying is people need to chill out and just eat the fruit and the salads and everything and exercise and get your sleep and, you know, don't get so caught up with all these ideas about testosterone and hormones and fats and proteins and all this stuff is just kind of designed to sell products and diet stuff. So here's, here's something I'm worried about though, Mike, I'm worried that you might be over exercising and getting too much muscle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like uh, with Don Bennett. I mean, there, there's a, there's a limit. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, nobody's really curling at like a thousand pounds or anything. Like that. <laughs> there's only so much you could do. I mean, you could take steroids, you know, get bigger and stuff like that. But like, to me, I'm not over muscled. I'm just, you know, and plus, you know, having muscle, people are like, that's not natural or anything. I'm like, who cares? Who cares if they didn't do that back in the day? I mean, we have computers now. And this is actually, this is a, a way to improve your life. You know, yeah. this is ways to in, in, in get your bones stronger, get your muscles yeah. going. I mean, we're not living out, you know, outdoors anymore. So this is something that's so, it's easy. I'm not saying like it's the only exercise you should do. Walking is really great too. Um, I don't know. He says that we should uh, be climbing trees. Well, I almost fell off a tree recently this uh this year cutting off a branch <laughs> make more shade from my, my garden and i almost you know fell off the ladder you know that i could have broken neck you know that could have been it for me but with weightlifting i only had one injury in like 10 years close to 10 years but climbing trees even that and and like i think the obviously we're talking a little bit about don bennett and he talks yeah. about the idea that people would have kind of walked around a little bit, climbed a tree, then kind of chilled out, and maybe now and again they would have sprinted to run away from something, right? (laughs) And I just can't imagine that, in my perspective, like our activity level would have been way higher than that and way way higher than the average person today. And when you see these, like, tribesmen in the middle of the forests and all that who aren't connected with the modern world, like, they're all, like, super... Yeah, they're ripped. Well, they're, yeah, they're ripped. Totally. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, I've seen a footage and they're just like, you know, they got like, you know, they're strong. They look like they've been bench pressing. So, but yeah, um, with that, you know, weightlifting is a very effective way to really, you know, make a difference on your body. So, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's unnatural. I mean, in that sense. And plus, Natural, I don't like that, that idea, yeah, 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 yeah. the whole natural idea. We, we naturally do, we naturally build things. We naturally get better at things. We naturally learn the science on things. So I, I don't really see anything as like unnatural. Yeah, Everything yeah. Natural in that way. 
Um, so I don't, I don't really, I don't like that whole naturalistic attitude. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and a lot of people in this lifestyle get, I think especially when people start off with this because they see it as like, okay, this is a more natural diet. Fair yeah. Maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but, um, like then they start to go, okay, well now I'm not going to wear shoes anymore. And now I'm going to not use any cleaning products. And now I'm going to never use any, like I'm never going to buy anything anymore. And like, now I'm going to go and try and live in the forest. And it, it, like people take it to these extremes that like, they don't have, you don't have to do that. I know, <laughs> like, I know, I know. Have to like take it to these extremes. Uh, you know, it's, they, you know, you do one thing and it kind of spirals into another thing. You get that mindset, well, I'm doing this naturalistic thing. I should do everything natural. And it's just like, you know, I guess you can, you could go do it, but you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's really wise to go without shoes and things like that. It's, I don't know. It, it's crazy. So let's talk about, this is something we've talked about before, but some of the myths surrounding this lifestyle or the things that a lot of people believe that you don't agree with. What, okay. are, some, what are some of the things that you think are out there in the raw vegan kind of world that well, you don't think well, are right or. Okay. Well, I tell you one that, you know, just from the regular vegan community, they're like, oh, a raw food diet, you won't get enough calories. You won't get enough calories that you're just going to wither away and die on that diet. That's yeah. what they say. You're just going to keep on losing weight. It's just a weight loss diet and things like that. And that's totally BS. Um, just, to, just to tell you an example, um, there is more calories in a pound in, in bananas than there is potatoes. And there's more calories in dates than there is rice. Right. So, you know, if you're eating, eating those things, you, you know, you should be able, you know, you'll be able to eat enough of those things. Um, you know, plus I guess people have this, when they come into the lifestyle, they don't have a idea of what an average volume of food is you know people have always associated fruit as a snack they might think like a, you know a couple watermelons a meal uh i mean you know coming into it they're like it's a half of, you know it's half of watermelon. that's what you need you know for your body weight well depending on who you are but yeah um yeah so that's one thing that kind of irritates me and people are like oh you won't gain it you know you, it's only a weight loss diet i mean there's people that have lost weight on it but I've seen people gain weight on it who needed to gain weight. Foley Raw Christina is a good, really good example of somebody who really needed to lose, uh, gain yeah. weight. Yeah. I mean, she was like a skeleton. I was like, am I doing the right diet? Am I going to turn into a skeleton? Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. We 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 the connection broke there for a little bit. But you were talking about how some people you were worried about how people some people looked, you know, like a skeleton or whatever. But yeah, that was my main thing too. I didn't want to look like uh, Matt Monarch. <laughs> Not that I hate Matt Monarch, but I'm like, dude, get off the breatharian lifestyle. It's not real. You know, eat some fruit and lift some weights. You know, a little, 
you know. Have you met any of these guys, the the kind of guys from the the other side of the raw food scene, like David Wolf, Dave, Matt Monarch, guys like that from back in the day? Like, have you mm-hmm. been around any um, of these guys? No, but I, I was in um at the Chicago. We had like a meetup with all the leaders around the area. Yeah. And it was funny. They asked them to like, how do you get energy on a raw food diet? And everybody's like, I drink green juice. I, I drink green juice, green juice. And then like, after so many questions, they're like, what do you think about fruits on a raw food diet? And they're like, don't, don't eat too much fruit. Don't, don't eat too much fruit. And if I, if I eat a big old apple, would have this big old sugar rush yeah yeah and she was like it was like almost like crazy and i'm here i'm like eating a watermelon from this this uh this panel I'm like you can't be serious you cannot be serious yeah 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 and that's one lady was saying that you'll have fruitarian nightmares <laughs> after age 50 for a woman if you eat fruit after 3 p.m you're gonna get these fruitarian nightmares wow when you go to sleep I mean, like the things I've, I've I've heard, it's just like, oh, it's it's incredible. It's like, how can people be so dumb? I mean, like I, I don't understand it. But yeah, so then people praise people praise these people, and like Matt uh, and then Robert uh, Morris, the uh, the eye stuff and the herbs. That you know, he actually he with those herbs, they're in alcohol. Right. And I think maybe that too much. He's been drinking pounding back to those herbal supplements. <laughs> And that's how he's got that big tummy. I don't, I don't believe anything that guy says. I, I think he, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I believe that he thinks that he, th- you know, I do think he that he believes in a fruit diet, but he doesn't have any, ex- he, he has very sloppy experience with it. And I think he eats all the, he's got to be eating like, or, you know, like all this fried food and stuff. Nobody gets to like 290 pounds. You know, uh, fat. Going, yeah. I just say, well, I, I only eat one. You know, one fistful of, of food a day. Really? Come on. Yeah. Not, like if you cut him, he said in a, in a thing. He's like, yeah. If you cut yourself on a fraternity diet, a high level fraternity diet, you cut yourself and you won't bleed. You know, he's got this this crazy like. He thinks it's like some kind of magical diet that you turn into like. And eventually, you turn in the breatharian. Matt Marnock was into that too. This is like, come on, guys, you know, come back to reality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're you're out there near Chicago, and yes, there's quite there's been quite a raw scene out there. Uh, some of the there's been a bunch yeah. of raw food restaurants there and stuff. Do you enjoy the gourmet stuff? Do you eat it much? Yeah, yeah, I I, I like it, but it's expensive. And, uh, you know, uh, there was some really good places around in the Chicago. I mean, there's only like really two places now in Chicago, Karen, um, not Karen's raw, but, uh, um, B-Gap goodies and Chicago raw. And I like that stuff every once in a while. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I, if I eat too much fat though, I will, the gourmet stuff, they like to pound back the fat. So. I try to pre-game it with some fruit before I go. <laughs> so, because it's and, hard to, because I'll be spending like 40 bucks for a meal. You know? 
Yeah, I mean, I I, I was a I was a Chicago Raw one time, and it was some, some good stuff. Um, yeah. I know that you uh, you don't mind a bit of salt. I personally don't really eat salt almost right. ever, but yeah. you you don't mind it too much. Yeah, it's salt. I, I mean, that's kind of a controversial topic, but yeah, I do add a little bit of salt after like three or four years doing this diet. I was really craving salty, salty foods and things like that. And one day my friend was like, he gave me some salt and uh, I didn't feel anything different with it. I mean, well, I mean, if I had too much salt at one time, I would get kind of bloated and stuff. And I noticed like, um, you know, I would wake up in the, in the middle of the night a lot um, and have to go to the bathroom and stuff. But I found when I added salt to the diet, I don't have that issue. And there's actually a study showing that people on a low sodium diet increases this hormone, aldosterone. Yeah. And it uh, can ruin your sleep if you're on too low of a sodium diet. Yeah, yeah. So I found that, you know, it helps with sleep. My blood pressure is perfect. My, my resting pulse ranges from 40 to 60, extremely good. You want it around 60 and even lower, it, it's linked to longevity. And like I said, my blood pressure was interesting on the low sodium diet. It was actually, my blood pressure was going up. It was weird. They say that sometimes low blood, um, low, uh, low sodium levels, can actually do the opposite. So it actually can bloat you. It can yeah. actually um, increase your blood pressure. So Mike Arnstein was one of those people that, you know, he do these crazy races and he had to take salt supplements to keep up with all the salt loss. I mean, that's an extreme scenario when you're running like 100 miles at a time. But I mean, when I say I had a little bit of salt, I sprinkle. Yeah, yeah, right. Sprinkle my salad. That's it. You know, like you could get it from celery, you could get it from like honeydews and like coconut water is actually really high. It's like 200 milligrams per, per cup. Yeah. So if you're by the tropics, like I don't, I wish I could get coconuts all the time, but they're a little expensive. Um, but yeah, a little salt, it's like the worst, it's like the least of anybody's concern. And plus, you know, people generally go off, you know, eating, you know, uh, you know, more cooked foods because they they, they, they're craving the salt and salt you will eat through anything you will you will eat cardboard with salt on it it's such a driver to eat yeah 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 so, i mean people definitely. everywhere you know like if hide the salt shaker nobody would really they would have, they have a hard time eating um, yeah any, I mean. grains, any kind of meats yeah any yeah. and people associate that and they kind of get confused and why you don't eat it it's because they're throwing salt on it yeah no i, I, I agree with you um the there's been i guess a bunch of people that i guess we've already talked about this a little bit um yeah. went away from a vegan or raw vegan diet you, you have any thoughts about why people don't last on this diet or even some of the people who have went to let away yeah. from a vegan diet recently I think it's a lot of placebo, a lot of peer pressure, yeah, a lot of um, you know magical thinking, a lot of under eating, uh, probably a combination of all those things. Yeah, it could be, jeez, 
um, they just want to look different. You know, they want to not look different. They want to, you know, they want to get attention. They want right. to get attention in the worst way. Like Nicholas Avocado is the worst one for this. You know, he started doing all this, uh, you know, he looked yeah. really healthy eating a, a vegan diet. You can see pictures before and after pictures. And, you know, he's only doing that to get money. You know, he got fat and yeah. sick for money. Yeah, let's, let's talk about he He's but, playing with people's emotions. He's a master manipulator. Can, I, can, can we just – can we just – yeah. Okay. Uh... Yeah. Sorry. So we were. Let's talk about Nicholas a little bit. That's an interesting story because yeah. he was a guy who was a very strict fruitarian. Went to Woodstock a bunch of times. And yeah. Actually, I brought him there. He was yeah. your assistant, wasn't he? he was... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I really. I felt like I really was. Um, you know, a bit of a. You know, I felt like I was really helping him out. And I, I really, you know, I, I, I still, you know, even if you told me he was going to go out and do these things, I, I had no idea. Like, I really felt he was passionate about the diet and getting the word out and about veganism and stuff. It's just, it's been a real shock. I, I'm, I'm like stunned still. It's not the person that I hung out with. Yeah, because let's, to just give people a bit more detail, um, Nicholas uh, had a, uh, YouTube channel called Nicocado Avocado. And one of the things yeah. he was the total, he loved avocados, right? And he ate, he, he did a video where he ate 20 avocados for a meal. Now, most people, you need to watch the video to even believe it because it's, I mean, they're quite small avocados, but still 20 is just like unbelievable amount of avocados. Then he starts complaining about having issues with the diet, goes back to a cooked vegan diet. And everyone's like, well, who told you to eat 20 avocados a day, right? And then um, he basically started doing mukbang videos, which is YouTube videos where you're filming yourself eating. Oh, hey, before, before you go on with that, yeah. let me tell you a little insight. He was, telling, he was telling me that he was eating 400 calories because Lauren Lachman does similar. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. He had 400 calories. I don't know what Lauren – I think – Lauren eats less calories, but I don't know about 400 calories. But anyways, uh, yeah, he was under eating. He came, and in one video, he, he was like an anorexic. He looked like he was a concentration camp survivor. It was the craziest thing. I was actually really scared. I thought he had some kind of disease or something, some yeah. food, uh, um, food sickness or something, like, uh, like he drinks some bad water or something. Yeah, so he was definitely under eating. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's now unbelievable, uh, uh, had an amazing success, I guess you would call it. <laughs> His YouTube channel is him basically eating junk food and crying sometimes and whatever. And he gets millions of views and probably makes a lot of money doing that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's the most extreme example of someone kind of changing their whole way of living and attitude because of social media and because of YouTube and because of making money essentially, you know? And people, I worked at a hospital and the, the nurses in the emergency room, they say some people, this is, this is pretty sad. People will intentionally hurt themselves to get attention. Yeah. So people will go to the hospital, like from, from whatever, just to have some social interaction. 
Mm. And, you know, and I see that with uh, Nicholas, you know, he knows how to manipulate people's uh, emotions. He's like, why am I getting so fat? And everyone's like, you're eating too much. You're eating. So he's getting, <laughs> he knows how to manipulate the crowd. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. You know, he's pretty impressive in that regard. It's just like, I wish he, you know, I, I'm sure he can make money the other way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I've done the best job at it, but it's it's not good. And it sends a bad message to people, you know, going to the, the heart attack grill with a 400-pound person that really does not <laughs> or shouldn't be there at all, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about the pop-off fest. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. This is – I've got my pop-off fest thing on. You've got I know. I got mine too, man. So a couple – yeah, last year – I was in, I was in Chicago, staying with a friend, and decided to go. Uh, well, we were in touch a little bit. I I went over to stay with you for a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was like really. I just saw you on Facebook, and you're like, you're in Chicago. I'm like, hey, man, we should we should yeah. hang out. Yeah, and then. Um, then you were telling me about the pop-off fest and I'd seen you at Woodstock and I remember sitting with you at Woodstock and you had the coolest, the coolest t-shirt on and I was like, what, what's that? Pop-off fest? And you were saying, That's, you're talking about this festival with thousands of people that go and celebrate pop-offs and you can go and pick them in the woods. And I was thinking, wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah, we, we, actually, we, we actually tried looking for them around here. We couldn't find it. That's right. And we, and yeah, we did go on the hunt. I've got a video about that as well. And, um, yeah. And then I think I went back to my friends and then I was like, I, I, I don't know something in me was just thinking about the pop-off fest and, uh, and yeah, I, was like, I, was, I asked you, I'm like, it'd be cool to have you go because I yeah. wasn't going to go that year. Yeah. And we were like, and Let's do it. We did it. We went with a guy called Matt as well. And, we, it was awesome. We went out and picked pawpaws in the trees and they were falling off the trees and it was cool. And, and yeah. then, um, let, me, let me tell them. So they, they have like this, um, lake by yeah. it and you could rent, you could, they let you just, um, use the boat. They have these boat yeah. rowboats and you get on there and you could go around the, the, the shoreline of this lake and there's pawpaw trees. You actually can pick them right off the boat. Yeah. But the first time, I must have hyped this up so much, these fruits so much, because like uh, Ronnie and Matt, they, they're, you know, rowing the boat right to the shore, right to the shore, and they actually <laughs> jump out of the boat. They jump out of the boat and start, <laughs> you know, and going through the water. They go uh, on shore to pick some pop <laughs> Meanwhile, the boat is floating away. They yeah, didn't, they, didn't put it, they didn't put it on the, um, you know, on the, the bank. It just was floating away. And I had the, I, I luckily I was there with my boat and, and, um, and Josh was with us. Yeah. I, like I had to go out and rescue that boat and put it on shore for you guys. So you could, you know, you could leave, you know? Yeah. And it was, was like, it, it, it was it pretty impressive. Was it like everything like I, I said it was? Yeah, it was an adventure, we, and it's the uh, the, the Popo Fest is in Albany, Ohio. For anyone out there who's interested, and it's definitely worth checking out. It's a really cool event. It's not vegan. It's not a fruit festival. It is like it is based around promoting pawpaws and stuff, which is cool. Yeah. But and they have like, um, yeah, they have like meat, you know, vendors, you know, like a yeah, like a food court with meat and 
they put that pop up beer. That's um, right. That's popular. They, yeah, pop up wine and all this kind of stuff. So, but they had. I mean, they they have some good stuff going on and some uh, music, live music, and good fun stuff. So. It's, it's it definitely for people who are in the area. It's definitely worth checking that out. And pawpaws, tell us about pawpaws, Mike. What are pawpaws? Where are they? Oh, here, here they are. Yeah. Good look at those. I'm gonna. Well, I'll show you this one right here. What that looks like in there. Yeah. So this is um, these fruits are one of the only uh, tropical plants that can survive in cold planets. I uh, cold cold weather are they and, actually uh, a tropical well i mean i guess they're not tropical anymore but they came from a there's a family of fruits called anoya yeah and these are the only fruits that traveled up north that can withstand cold uh temperatures sure out of all the fruits all these like they got cherimoya relinia um uh, soursop this is the only one of this type of fruit and it's very unique it's very soft it's it's elongated it's not different from any of the other fruits and supposedly it was back in the dinosaur age too when there was oh, wow. like one big continent in the middle this was actually one of the fruits that was there that's crazy that that old i know it's that i was just talking to this uh guy who you know he's actually working on um you know planting papas and stuff you know promoting uh, different varieties and stuff like that so and that's southern illinois so within like five years, I think we'll really be seeing these in the store. There's, there's hundreds of different varieties out there. There's ones that are like three pounds. There's some that there's one variety called the marshmallow, marshmallow variety. I mean, they have, they have a mango variety that tastes, well, I don't know about the taste, but it's orange. Oh my. These are kind of white inside. There's, I mean, like there's so many things and it's crazy that, that nobody really knows what this fruit Nobody really knows about this fruit, and it yeah. grows here. It grows in cold climate. Actually, I found about it, found out about it when I was eight years old. I'm 38 right now, so 30 years ago. I watched a cartoon, and the cartoon was about this mayor who wanted everybody to try out this fruit, and he packed it into a uh, train, and when he brought it into the city, they, and he opened up the thing for everybody to try, they all rotted. Oh, my God. Because they only have, like, a, they have a short um uh, yeah yeah you know people say that it's got a very short um lifespan i mean uh you know once it's ripe it goes bad within so many days but i found that it, you know i could just put it in the fridge and it'll last like two weeks two to three yeah weeks. yeah so i don't really buy into that i don't know why it's not mass marketed um i guess somebody somebody's got to put a lot of money into it like they did with pomegranates pomegranates was just stuck in the middle east for a while yeah and somebody some millionaire dumped a bunch of money and got it out but uh, yeah, Kentucky University is spending tons, tons of money in getting the best varieties to wow. um, to ship them out. So um, we'll be seeing. I'm telling you, that's going to be the first. It's coming, yeah. And uh, backyard gardeners are doing this. And it's hard to find these. Uh, it's just like, you know, the word, the, the, the marketing is just not there. And people yeah, are, yeah. they want it. They want, you know, people, this goes for like 10, 10 to 14 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hard to find. Uh, it's only got like uh, one. It's only got like a short season too. So, yeah. but uh, if you live in a cold climate, you got land. You got to put these in there. Even, yeah. even if you don't like them that much, you could ship them out and sell them, make some money. I would buy them off. Yeah. 
And if you're in the US, and if you're in the US, you can um, you can go try pick them in various places. Yeah, they, you could uh, check up uh, foraging papas around the area. They right. like to be around water streams. Uh, I mean, like you know, like water, um, like lakes and streams and things like that. They like to hang out by water. Um, and I'm guessing because they have these these long tropical looking leaves to them, they need a lot of water. <clears throat> and yeah. Oh, another interesting thing about papa uh, fruit trees is that the it produces the flowers first before the leaves, and the flowers emit a smell that smells like uh, rotten flesh because it's it's attracting um, flies and beetles. Oh wow! So one of the things that people do to these gardeners who want to really um, increase their fruit yield more pollinization they'll add um some like some rotted food by their trees and it'll just get more flies going to the flowers because the flowers kind of smelling so it's got this guy kind of like weird burgundy flower to it interesting yeah well yeah hopefully hopefully more people will learn about the pawpaw and the pawpaw fuzz i i ended up going back again i didn't yeah. think i didn't think i'd ever be back at that festival I didn't think I'd ever be at it in the first place, but I ended up being there twice. So, uh, yeah, good fun. And it's a really, yeah. it's, it's such a nice lake, you know, to go swimming in. And, you know, it's good weather at that time of year. So it's a cool yeah, place and, to go. And you can learn a lot too. I mean, they have, um, they have a gardening, um, you know, how to grow these things. And yeah. it's a really tricky thing with the seeds. The sprout them, you have to cold treat them. Yeah. Right, cold stratify them. You have to put them in the fridge for like three months, and then you put them out. Uh, you know, heat them up outside the fridge, and then that takes about six months for the. I mean, that, I mean that takes additional like uh, three months to sprout. So it takes like a half a year to grow these things. Yeah. So let's go back to the whole diet and the lifestyle and everything. Yeah, yeah. What What do you see as the future of this? lifestyle like where do you think it's heading is it going in the right direction or like what, what do you think is going to happen with it i think well i think old people are always going to be eating fruit unless we turn into like um cyborgs or something which uh, <laughs> is becoming a, a thing i mean people are injecting they got the, first it just started with the phones or, i mean our computers then to went to the phones then it's in watches, it's on us. Then they're putting chips in, in, in things. So eventually we're gonna be kind of integrated with uh, the internet. Everything's gonna be kind of connected with the, you know, computers and everything like that. Uh, yeah, who knows what that's gonna bring, what kind of element that's gonna bring. But for general, I think for right now, you know, people are understanding that, you know, fruit is really, really important. I mean, you know, people want to lose, you know, lower the cholesterol. They yeah. want to, uh, you know, have a decent weight. You know, fruit can help you with that. And it increases, um, you know, it can, antioxidants, all these phytochemicals they're finding out and how they relate to the body. So people are hyped up about it. And nutritionfacts.org has got like tons of videos about the benefits of fruit. Watermelon actually increases erections. Rob Ross, I hope you're you're uh, you're, uh, you're listening to this. Um, 
yeah. So I think uh, another thing with the fruit festivals, I think, uh, and Woodstock kind of talked about this in their last uh, survey. They say, well, what if we bought our own ground, maybe California or uh, someplace, and we start growing our own fruit trees so people can go there. So, you know, be cheaper, um, you know, for, for a ticket because we wouldn't have to buy all that, that fruit. Um, that's an idea. I like the element of, you know, pick your own fruit. That's one element that, uh, that's kind of missing at Woodstock. It's, uh, you know, you're not picking the fruit. That's one thing, you know, somebody else is picking it up. So you're not getting that full experience yeah. of the fruit. It's like, you know, you just pick it off the, the, off the tree and it's, you know, a mango or a, picking them off the, the vine from a watermelon, you know, getting watermelon from a vine. It's just like uh, that experience is, is something that I think it needs to be expanded upon. Awesome, man. Well, I think we've we've had a really good conversation. We've went we've went yeah. over an hour, I think now, and uh, I, I think that people will probably want to find out where can they find out more about you, and uh, how can they get in touch with you if they want to message you or something. And I think I think you're starting to do some coaching as well for people who might yes. want to learn about. Yes. Uh, yeah. So my 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 channel is Fruit and Strength, and I'm um, be working on my website a little bit more, fruitandstrength.com. And then I'm doing coaching. So just send, um, it's only like, you know, 50 bucks an hour. And then $25 after that, you know, if, even if it's another day, $25. And that really helps out. Um, I know that would have helped me out to learn somebody who's been doing it for a long time. And you get the, the shortcut answers to everything without looking through all these like forums or whatever. Um, and you listen to somebody who's got a lot of experience with it. So yeah, just send me a, an email at fruitandstrength at gmail, and I could tell you what kind of hours I have when I'm when I'm doing that. And yeah, so I'm gonna be. So that's a yeah, ways to get a hold of me. Yeah, Facebook. Uh, I'm on Facebook too, Mike Velocity or Fruit and Strength. Uh, uh, you do the like page. So. Awesome man, and um, yeah. So fruit, fruit and strength. Yeah, yeah. Find Mike, and what about Woodstock? People can come and meet you at Woodstock. Oh, as well. yeah. Definitely come to the Woodstock Fruit Festival. I'll be. I do classes there. I do weight. I do a weightlifting class every single day, and I do. I do two lectures. I do a couple lectures there. And, you know, I'm always there. If you want to talk to me or you want to get a lift, do you want to be a one-on-one -on -one, uh, lift? You know, I'm there, man. I'm, that's what I'm there for. That's why I come there is to help people out. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, drinking some coconut and lifting some weights with people. And use the promo code Fruit and Strength. You know, hopefully I'll get a couple pennies. <laughs> you know, I, I don't really get much money going to that event. Um, but I love it. I love that event. So awesome. it'd be nice. To, but yeah, and then you get all, they get a hundred bucks off. So. And, uh, That's great, man. That's yeah. great. So, um, yeah, so uh, we've covered a lot today. What I want to tell everyone is um, 
this is the Love Fruit Podcast. And go and check out Mike at fruitandstrength.com and Fruit and Strength on YouTube. Reflex. I don't know if this is good lighting or what. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this video and enjoyed the podcast, then please leave comments, give it a rating, share it with people. Um, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch. Uh, email at info at fruitfest.co.uk if you've got any questions. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about this lifestyle, go to fruitfest.co.uk. If you want to come to uh, a fruit festival in the UK, you can look us up and check out the information there and, and go to the registration page to ne take the next uh, step. We've also got a shop now. If you want to support us, go to fruitfest.co.uk slash shop. You can pick up a hoodie, a t-shirt, you can pick up our recipe book and the money just goes back into trying to help promote this information and get this lifestyle out to more people. So we thank you for your support. If you're going to do that, use the code. Uh, you can use the uh, my code, Ronster, R-O-N-S-T-E-R. You'll get 10% off any of your purchases in the shop. That's fruitfest.co.uk slash shop. Thanks very much, Mike. Do you want to leave us with some words of wisdom for people out there aspiring to do this lifestyle and trying to do it as well as you? Mm. Make a list of things. To, if you're worried about something, worried about anything, put it to the test. Don't don't listen to you know people. It's one thing to read it from a book or a study or things like that, but I would say definitely put it to the test. Make sure you know. Say you do 30 days and then you get a blood test or something. Yeah. The test, and and do it right. Don't be an anorexic. Um, you know, put it to the test. So I have to say, uh, with that, I think that would help alleviate a lot of anxiety over the diet. Which you know, if you have a lot of anxiety, you're not going to be eating that much. You're going to be scared. Erections are not going to be that good, or whatever people say. Um, you know, it, it'd be a real thing. I mean, like, you know, if you're awesome. much anxiety. Um, yeah, put it to the list. Make a list of fitness things that you want to do. Say you always want to do 100 push-ups, like I did. You know, I have a list of fitness things that you want to do on this diet. That really helped me out. I would say that's probably one of the biggest things. And, um, yeah, and enjoy the fruits that, you know, you got to eat the fruits that you like. So, awesome. that's not, you know, you can't be struggling um, yeah. you know, trying to um, eat uh, crappy red delicious apples. When <laughs> you know, you'd rather have some, uh, what's the good apple out there? Um, Honey crisp. You want honey crisp apple. Yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. You gotta enjoy the food. So thank you so much, Mike. It's been great to talk to you. I fully support everything you're doing. I think you're one of the best people in the raw vegan movement to listen to and to learn from. Um certainly someone that more people could learn a lot from and uh, I totally uh, I know I, I know I gotta get out there. I get a little um for sure, little, yeah. Uh, yeah, a little, I had so much pressure sometimes, like, uh, you know, I had an injury and everything, so I'm coming back, and I want to, you know, I feel like my message is really important, and I'm making a book, too, I'm making awesome. a book, Fruit and Strength, how to have a, uh, achieving elite strength on a fruit-based diet, so hopefully that makes some waves and raises some eyebrows in people, because it has to, it has to. You know, Amazing. I always thought like this would be like the biggest thing in the world, but you know, the, the the cat eating watermelon videos are still beating me. Like, what what can I do? I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna throw the cat eating watermelon the uh, videos into my video. 
there. Stick it to that Cat 80 watermelon. Well, yeah, I mean, you could do like vegan gains and just make chat uh, videos where you just tear yeah. everyone else apart. And <laughs> yeah, I know, that. that's always a thing too. And you make some really awesome videos with that. I guess, you know, I guess, you know, it seems like these people, they're, they're just scam artists with these paleo mm -hmm. people. Yeah. And they'll just, um, they're like, yeah, man, you just need to eat more eggs and stuff. Uh, and, and, and they don't tell you they, they're on massive amounts of drugs. Yeah. So many scam artists. It's unbelievable. Even, even in the vegan movement, there's, there's scam artists. They're like, yeah, man, it's just the lentils. That's why I look at <laughs> some, some of these, uh, guys from the eighties they are on steroids for years on end. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. You're, nat you're natural. All right. So it, it, it would be great to go into more of these things, maybe in another podcast. We'd love to have you back. Uh, for yeah. now, everyone go and check out Fruit and Strength uh, on YouTube and check out some of Mike's videos and uh, let let you, let him know that you, he heard about you from you heard about him from us. And um, thanks for supporting the podcast. Go and listen to some other uh, some other episodes. Go to fruitfest.co.uk if you're interested in learning more about this lifestyle. And we hope, to, we hope to see you in the future and maybe get some fruit with you somewhere down the line. Thanks for joining us on the Love Fruit, Pod, fruit Podcast and we'll see you and then we'll listen to you or see you or hear you in the next episode. Bye. See you guys. Cool. Yeah, that went good, man. That went good. The flow was good. It was good. <laughs>